Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day? Or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, guys, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? Notice I kept that short today. I'm just going to say what's up. <laughs> we go through this thing, Danielle, where people say he talks too much, so he, he's been getting better. He's been getting better, so right. shout I'm out trying. to my... I'm trying. <laughs> we got haters out here. For some reason, I talk too much at the. You know what? It's all right. It's all right, bro. It's our show. It's okay. Right. It's okay. You, you talk. It's our show. You're gonna do um, nothing anyway. <laughs> so, guys, you know we love bringing you all special guests to drop some some gems for you. This week is no different. This week we are joined by a phenomenal physical therapist, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Doc, what's going on? How you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. Super excited to jam with you guys. Thank 100%. You. Thank you. So we like to be respectful of your time. So we always start our show off like this. Why PT? You know, that's interesting. And I have really, truly reflected on that a lot in the past year. So when I actually made the decision to go to physical therapy school, I made the decision from a place of trying to create safety and security in my life, having a stable career, stable income, always promise that. And as I went through physical therapy school, I started to realize like, hmm, like some of this doesn't really mesh with my value system. And I just started to see kind of what the industry was kind of about in some of my clinic rotations. I started to notice, you know, what they call kind of a quote unquote client mills or patient mills, where it's just, you're seeing, you know, five, five patients an hour. And I'm like, this isn't patient care. <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. And so I really had, I started to develop this, kind of adversarial relationship with the field as I was like finishing up school and it really put me in a place of confusion. And then it was when I was, you know, walking across this, the stage and, and getting my, my doctorate and I just didn't feel lit up. I didn't feel fulfilled. I just, I was like, this is a universal sign that maybe some, I need to do something different. And so when I graduated physical therapy school, I chose not to go into 
traditional practice. And a lot of people were like, that's crazy. Why would you do that? You need experience. You need to learn from mentors. And it's like, well, um, I think I'm going to create my own thing. And so as I was going through physical therapy school, I was building a strength and conditioning company with one of my friends. And so that kind of, we split ways at the end of physical therapy school. And so I was basically like fresh slate. So I started my business Alpha Femme uh, right out of physical therapy school. And in Alpha Femme, I address the more masculine side of the devotion to your practice, your physical body, and then the feminine side of your emotional body. And so I work with females to help them navigate those arenas. And so it's not your traditional physical therapy, but I think that I just wanted to work in a way that honored the person first. And I just didn't feel like the traditional model allowed me to do that. And it's interesting because I, I talked to like five of my classmates and they're all burnt out within a year of practice. And I'm like, cool, cool. And they also kind of told me that what I'm doing is really inspiring to them because they're afraid that they can't pay off their student loans. Like I don't have a secure job. I don't have a secure income. Like I can't do that. And I'm like, if you're passionate enough, you totally can. And if you, you really care enough, you totally can. It's, and I think it's like, I don't want to sound cocky, but it is people that inspire you that can show you that you can do things like that and kind of go in a different path. So that's kind of been my path thus far after graduating last year. Um, I moved to Denver in January. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll get some in-person experience, see what this is all about. And so I worked PRN at, at like a holistic physiology testing center um, where physical therapy is included. And so I've, I've been kind of like dabbling with, you know, putting my hands on people, but then COVID hit. So I'm like kind of taking that as a universal sign of like, well, maybe you're not supposed to be here. So, um, as kind of this transition out of COVID, I guess I'm really going to double down on, on alpha femme. Cause I think that's where my gifts are. So that's kind of where I came from my path. What I think about PT ish. <laughs> I love when we can open this can of worms. Um, <laughs> man, I love this. Listen, there are so many times, Danielle, that I sit in class and I think about the fact that they talk about when we go on our rotations and we deal with the clinics that they're seeing like three, four or five patients an hour. And you think about what patient care is supposed to mean. And you think about being able to build rapport, get a, get a patient to, to not only like you, but buy into you because in order for them to, go with whatever interventions you have for them, they need to be able to say, okay, I trust this person. Okay. And I think, I think that's such a slippery slope when it's like you spend a couple minutes with them basically, and then you're on to the next, and then you're on to the next, and then you're on to the next. And that's something I even saw before I got into school when I was just shadowing, you know, and, and, and I was in an outpatient ortho clinic. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been something as well that I've, I've always kind of struggled with because it's like, man, how, how can we really say like we're patient centered and 
and we're not really focusing on just one patient, you know, like that, mm. that's not, in my opinion, that's not centering. And mm. granted, I understand the whole dynamics with insurance and everything like that. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's not our faults, but it's just one of those things that it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it's really frustrating. Um, yeah. a couple of the things that you said that I, that I loved first off was the, 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 this whole, let's talk about this whole notion of being crazy because a lot of the time, whenever we, we have this idea or we have this vision of something that we want to build or we want to create and people have never seen it be done in an unconventional way, we're envisioned as crazy. You know, when you said that you were building the, the strength and conditioning company while being in school, which I, me and Paul already know, being in school and trying to build a business is not easy. Yeah, <laughs> so, <was> a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So um, my question for you is, how were you able to kind of maneuver the, the role of student physical therapist slash business owner without succumbing to getting burnt out? Because I think that's something that can happen in school as well. Yeah, I think that honestly keeping, I think my best advice to anybody that is trying to run a people-centric business is to take yourself out of it you know, this isn't about me. It's about the people I'm serving. And so I think that even when I was in my rotations and working in the clinic, it's like, yes, like this is a lot, but like you said, that trust that you build with a patient. So if it was like the first eval I was doing with a patient, I made sure that like a hundred percent of Danielle was there, even if it was for five minutes, right. Or 10 minutes, because I think what's really important in physical therapy and in medicine in general right now is building relationships and creating safety because the relationship that people have with their body is really representative and you can see that when they speak to you. And so if you take the time to hear them and listen to them in that first five to 10 minutes, you can understand which a majority of the patients that have chronic pain, I'm like, oh, okay, we can fix that. But I think you're just sad. You know, it's like, I don't say that to them, but it's like, oh, there's some emotional things going on here with you. And so being very present with that patient is super important because it lets them understand that they're safe and you care. And maybe for the first time in their life, this is the first time that someone has looked at them like they're not nuts. And so those are actually my favorite patients to work with are the patients who have been bouncing around from doctor to doctor to doctor and no one will listen to them. And so with that conversation, you can create a sense of hope. And so it's like that craziness, that, that kind of vision that you have for business and stuff can translate if you communicate it well with a good relationship with a patient. And it's like, Oh, there's actually hope for healing here. And so you know, I think that, like I said, taking myself out of it and really focusing around the people that I'm serving is, is really important, but also prioritizing time to make sure that I'm taking care of myself so that I'm not serving from that burnout place. So I'm serving from 
really my essence or, or my soul, because if I'm serving from a place that is stressed, angry, sad, like if, if I'm in any other place than my essence, that is put onto my clients. And so it's my responsibility as a practitioner to make sure I'm able to soothe myself before I'm in any kind of interaction with, with anybody that I work with. And so I think that I think just holding that balance between, you know, honoring yourself and taking time and space to really ground yourself in who you are, but also really keeping the vision on service. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Let me follow up that question by, first of all, I think, and, you know, especially the route you're taking, because I do think somebody needs to hear this and a discussion needs to happen in their mind. It needs to start happening in their mind realizing like the world is changing the field of, field of physical therapy slowly unfortunately is changing and it's almost like for example this whole pandemic right if there's one thing this whole pandemic has taught us it's that the world is moving online and if you refuse to make that adjustment you're going to get left behind so for the student right for the student that's in pt school for the student that's in any post-professional schooling how do they need to start adjusting their mindset, right? Because I think I think part of the issue, and again, I'm not an academic. Now I'm not making those big old decisions. I'm not in the APTA. But I do think part of the issue is that the people that are going to be practicing tomorrow are being taught by the people that learned how to practice like 10 years ago, right? I think that's part of the problem. And yeah. so it's almost like this continued sense of not even lack of belief, but rather the inability to believe, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's resistance to change. And I think anytime there's resistance to change, there needs to be some form of ego death, some mm -hmm. form of surrender, right? On the part of whether it is the collective structure of the APTA and, or, you know, the collective structure of a university and really opening themselves up to saying like, oh, instead of shit-talking millennials, actually, they kind of know what, what the future is, is going to hold. Like, they actually are the visionaries, and they can see. And I think that there's kind of the – I kind of got the, the vibe of, like, looking down on you, even when I'm in a doctoral program, you know? And I think that I started my doctoral program um, – I worked as a personal trainer for three years, so I was out – in the field working. And so I went back and to have professors talk down to me was really kind of disrespectful. And then after going through school for three years and going into a clinic rotation where, you know, people are so, they just cling so tightly to the, their belief systems that they don't think a student could actually, you know, know just as well as they do. And I'm not saying that I know everything, but I also know that my patients were getting better. And so it's not about who's right or who's wrong. It's about the patient. And so if, again, if we can take ourselves out of it and look at what is helping patients here, you know, it's not about efficiency. It's about healing. That's what the whole profession is about. And so I think that people need to not be so attached to being right. And I think that that is mirrored in a lot of our collective beliefs because that is an illusion of control. That's an illusion of power. 
And I think that 2020 is a very good representation of that false illusion of power being broken down at the seams. So I'm hopeful for the future of not only the medical profession, but just the future of the country. Cause I think that we're really starting to disrupt things and starting to show people that we can do better. And it's like, if we know better, let's do better. Right. Now, let me, let me, let me say this. Cause again, I'm a very confrontational person. So I don't care. <laughs> we set the field of PT on fire today. In my job <laughs> this morning but I think you know something especially you know understanding that that's what's happening in 2020 is in fact like a representation of just how we're starting to see like the facade of what held everything together that glue right mm-hmm. and that you know people have the ability to make their own minds up and people have the ability to decide just what they want their life to look like and professional lives as well right so mm-hmm. I think, and I'm constantly wondering, man, tell me if I'm crazy, right? But I'm <laughs> always thinking like, there's going to come a point where I think almost every possible medical professional in some way, shape or form is going to have to be one, like do two things. One, they're going to have to learn the art of like, like selling their therapy, mm-hmm. which you no, know, we all know is not sold in school, not taught in school. And then two, they're going to have to, in some way, shape or form, even learn and become an entrepreneur. Mm. Right. So something that constantly bothers me is like, for example, you never hear of a dental student going to dentist dentistry school and then saying, yeah, I'm going to go work. No, everybody's like, I'm going to dental school. I'm going to start my own clinic. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm, so why is that not a thing that we do for ourselves? So something I want you to talk about, because you realized that, like you said, you're on stage, right? They're handing you your diploma. You're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> not a such a gross feeling <laughs> truly exactly. was. So, so what we need to do is kind of give courage and the ability to believe for the people that are listening and you know some of them have been you know they're almost there they're they're just like ah should i do it but then everybody in their corner is like but why you know we don't do that over here right so how are you going to talk to them and say like this this is the courage you need to start building into yourself and then two how do they even need to start shifting their mindset while in school Mm. put themselves in a position to actually when they're done to get out there and do it because the Mm. thing that burns me like one of my buddies it kills me like where he's about to finish this fall and I mean if he's listening get over it bro but he's about to finish it he's about to finish this fall and we constantly talk about like man um you need to start your own like thing because what you want to do you're putting it five years off because you say you need and again somebody gonna hate me you need experience in the field. And so because you need experience, you're going to hold off what you actually want to do. And you're going to be miserable for the next half a decade. So how do people start building up that mentality where they can understand, even though they're learning these skills that are very important to the field of PT, but what do they need to shift up here and mm-hmm. in here so that when they get out, they're not giving excuses. They're not saying, I need to do this. I need to do that first. Like just get out there and do it. Cause Mm, good question. I want to preface this by saying that not se- one single part of me regrets going to physical therapy school. Even though I walked across the stage and, and didn't really feel a sense of fulfillment, I, w- I was put in situations, in relationships with different people during that time that I learned so much. So 
Also, it's super important to keep patients safe. So what you're learning right now is, is so important. So I don't, I want to preface by saying like, yes, your education is important. But what I think paralyzes a lot of students is student loan debt. You know, I think that students see the amount of money that they paid to go to school and they're like, I have to become a prisoner until I pay this off and then I can do what I want to do. And it's like, no. And I think that 2020 is an amazing representation. I've been saying this for a long time, but no one kind of believed me until now. But it's like, you know, student loans don't exist now. You don't even have to pay them till September, right? Like some pandemic pops up and then they're gone. And I'm like, why would you sacrifice your well-being and your life and your passions for a number that someone just made up and says that, well, you have to pay it now. And I'm like, well, no, no, you don't. Just kidding. I'm like, well, that's stupid. So that's one thing that I really, when I started, when I made the decision to kind of start my own thing was really shifting my beliefs around debt and my beliefs around money. Because if I went off of the beliefs of my parents, it would have been debt is bad, pay off your debt, get security in your life, and then make a decision. But it's like, I'm not my parents. That's not my voice. My voice is something else. And so what I can do is reframe debt as seeds into whatever I'm sowing, right? And so I put a lot of seeds into my education and my personal development and my growth. And so that to me, I think is going to pay off. And it has. It's like, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be debt free in five years, but I probably wouldn't be anyway if I was sacrificing my life style, you know? So it's like, it's about choosing what's really important to you. And so I would say reframing your relationship to debt and money would be really important. So kind of um, working around your, your money fears or issues. Um, two, I would say get really clear on your value systems. I think that that's a very important thing that people need to do before they set off on any kind of entrepreneurial journey. Because if you aren't clear on your values, you're going to look at somebody else's business and you're going to compare yourself to that and you're going to put them, them on a pedestal and you're never going to be good enough. But it's like what they value in their business might be completely different than what you value in yours. And so for me, um, so if you've been following me on Instagram for the past few years, like you probably have noticed a shift in my content where it was going from, I'm just going to give you free stuff all the time because that's what I was doing in, in therapy school and it was working for my old business. But that wasn't really, it didn't really match my value system. And so for me, it took a lot of work around those value systems to like really make sure that I was offering services that were really meaningful to me. Because if I'm, if I'm living in somebody else's value system, it's always going to make me feel constricted or obligated or, you know, the shoulds always exist. And it's like, oh, it's suffocating. And that doesn't provide any intrinsic value to continue forth in your business. 
And so I think that if you're clear on your values, so mine is heart-centered service, relationships, environment, health and vitality. Um, I think there's another one, but I can't remember. But those are my top four. And so if I structure my life around those top four things and build a business that really helps me with those four things, so heart-centered service, putting the person first and putting the money second, relationships, always, always really focus on communicating and listening and hearing, um, uh, environment. So not being constricted to a PT clinic is really important for my mental health and well-being. being able to be flexible and travel and like do these different things. It's super important. And so those are just some examples of living within your value system. And so if you live within your value system, even though it's hard, you teach yourself to trust yourself. You know what I mean? You build this relationship with yourself. That's like, Oh, I actually can follow through on the things that I want and my desires, but giving yourself permission to do that is very hard for some people when they've always lived the life that their parents wanted them to live. And so I think that doing that inner work too is, is kind of some things that I um, teach people to do. But um, again, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> so long winded. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> seriously that that was mind-blowing right now I want to I, I kind of want to want to touch on something you said a little bit because I think first off it's it's incredible how sometimes you can get the same message over and over and you just have to hear it in a different way for it to actually resonate and the reason I say that is because me and Paul are actually part of a, a mastermind group. And we had, a, we had a training yesterday just for personal development. And one of the things that our coach said was just talking about being able to, exactly what you said, being able to realize, you know, what matters to you and realize that there's some things that, you know, you might harbor from your parents' values or beliefs, you know, that you need to either come to the realization like, okay, this isn't a part of who I am, you know, or, or it is a part of who you are and, and either accept or deny whether or not you want to continue to carry that. I think something that a lot of PT students struggle with, a lot of healthcare students struggle with, and even just entrepreneurs struggle with is being able to have that, that conversation with themselves. I think it takes, right, right. Like it sucks. It, it takes a certain level of self-awareness to be able to sit down and, and really look at the man or woman in the mirror and say, okay, there's some work to be done. Cause I don't know. I, I really don't know who I am. And I think that when you're trying to build something and you're trying to create something, it's very easy for you to get like this. Uh, I call it shiny object syndrome, you know, where you can, have something nice in front of you, like your, your plan, your business, like it looks good. Like for you, you know, it could be like alpha femme, like this is it, this is mine, you know, but then someone comes along and they're like, Hey, Danielle, um, you know, we want to make you the, the director of our clinic. You know, you could do it on your own rules. Like, cool. And you're like, huh? Like, okay, that you know, that kind of looks good. I think a lot of people struggle with that because it 
falls right back into what you were saying about not knowing your values because when yeah. you know your values you don't you don't conform to anything else just because it looks appealing because if it doesn't match it doesn't match yeah um, what that brings up for me is is the word discernment and mm. I think that the word discernment is really important because I think that's one thing that if COVID did anything and was a blessing to anybody, it, it maybe brought them a little bit closer to those conversations. Um, although those conversations are hard, I think they're important to have. And so um, this is something that I've kind of talked about the personal development space or the, the entrepreneurial space where it's like a lot of it is driven by the up and out energy where you, you should be doing something. You need to be creating something. You need to be just like, go, go, go. And it's like in that amazing, but also in that you can get the, the shadow side of that or the dark side of that, where it's like too much growth too fast. And then you forget who you are. And it's like, okay, so what has COVID allowed us to do? It's allowed us to sit and have those uncomfortable conversations with ourselves. And I think that that's what, um, within my business in particular, you know, bringing in that feminine energy and staying grounded in who you are, because when you're grounded in who you are, you can have, you can have all the chaos that life brings, but you know who you are. And when you know who you are, you can discern between what's right for you and what's not what's a yes and what's a no and be very clear on that and set boundaries around the people you surround yourself with and the conversations that you have. And I think that that's the gift of going inwards before you go outwards. And I think we're so focused on the outwards and making ourselves look a certain way. And it's like, if you drop that need to be anything but yourself, you allow yourself to be much more powerful. And I think that if we jump to the doing and trying to get money and success, that gives us that false sense of control or that false sense of power, right? But it's like, no, what power is it is you knowing who you are and then starting with yourself and then working outwards because then you're not projecting your insecurities or your need for validation or your need to seek money onto other people or manipulate patients or try to treat five patients in an hour. It's like, no, that doesn't work. So I think that that is one of the biggest blessings that I've found with the kind of the cohort of women I've worked with in the, the COVID. It's really allowed them to slow down and look at who are they? and have that uncomfortable conversation because it, uh, oh my gosh, it is so hard. It is so hard, but surrounding yourself with really good mirrors is um, important. The people that, you know, can gently call you out, you know, on, you know, you acting in certain ways. And again, it, you know, we are kind of uh, trash talking the, the collective systems about attaching to certain methodologies or certain beliefs or certain ways. And it's like, but we also have to do that too. Personally, it's super important that we don't attach ourselves to, to knowing everything and having the answers. Um, and I think that one more thing that comes up is um, dropping the need to fix people. You know, I think that 
in the healthcare industry, the physical therapy industry, patients, there's become this kind of unspoken contract that you come see me, I fix you, you don't have to do anything. And I'm, you know, your doctor and I'll fix you. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's so backwards. So how I treat patients is they come see me because they think I have the, the skills and tools to help them. And so that initial conversation is, all right, so I'm a doctor of movement. I believe that movement is medicine. So we're going to do everything that we can to help you move through this experience. But that being said, you are the master of your experience. So you know exactly what's going on in your body. So our goal together is to build a relationship with your body and you communicate what's going on in your body to me. And I will use the tools and skills that I learned in physical therapy school to assist you along the way. But that being said, you are an active participant in your healing. If not, that if the patient doesn't agree to that, that means that they're always going to need me, right? It's like, I don't want people to need me. I want people to come to me for my, my skills that I learned in school. But if I'm creating a relationship of need, it's never going to heal the patient at the root level. They're never going to have that confidence in themselves that they can actually get better. And so if you can have that conversation the first time that they come into the clinic, they know kind of what's, what's kind of going to happen in this plan of care. And you'd think that not a lot of people would be down with that given the kind of the model, but it's like people actually really respect you respecting them. You're saying, I trust you to heal yourself. And I think that developing that relationship and that trust between a patient is so important. And I think that it really makes for good practitioners. And so if anybody's, you know, listening to this, that wants to step out of the traditional model, I think you do it through relationship, relationship to yourself and then relationship to your patients. So that was my, again, long-winded answer. (laughs) Perfectly timed answer. (laughs) Um, Let me, let's talk a little bit about AlphaFem. Okay. For those who don't follow you for some reason um, or don't know what it is that AlphaFem is at its core and then kind of talk to us a little bit about what it's been like, you know, being an entrepreneur, your own boss, like through the, throughout this whole like COVID thing. Cause I think that's an adjustment. I think that's like a fear trigger for people who are like, well, look, you know, if I, if I do that and then a pandemic hits and yeah. lose it. So luckily AlphaFem started as an online company. So I was lucky enough to not have to make a lot of changes there. Um, So I started it last year. And like I said, um, I break my business down into two parts. So the alpha side of the business and the fem side of the business. Um, So the alpha side is devoted to the masculine principles of really devotion to your practice, your outwards, your outward action, and really that, like I kind of talked about earlier, that up and out energy. And so 
in my alpha side, I have an embodied warrior program. And so it's a strength and conditioning program um, because you typically can't doctor online. Um, so I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, so have my embodied warrior program within that program. Um, I have three different levels. So it's a, like a functional bodybuilding an actual bodybuilding, and then like a metabolic piece. And so in that program, what we focus on, although it is very masculine based, I focus on keeping them grounded in themselves, developing a, red, a, a better relationship with their body, um, really dissecting the, the thoughts and the sensations that come up in their body when they want to overdo, right? Because a lot of patients, we see them because they've pretty much burnt their body into the ground for years upon years upon years. And so I really look at my programs as um, like a mind-body way to um, just really honor the body. That's the word that I kind of use with my Embodied Warrior program is, is honor because when you think of a warrior you think of like a fighter right but it's like the warrior actually has that discernment and knows like when to fight and when to pull back and so I think that that's what I'm building on the alpha side of the business is the strength and conditioning and using my experience of physical therapy and strength and conditioning and really um, honing in on the body and the somatic side of things um, all of my people get like a performance care ebook. So it's kind of like my quick go-to exercises for rehab. If anything pops up, they can contact me. So that's the good part about having the physical therapy background is, you know, I can help them continue to move even if they are experiencing some form of pain or discomfort. And typically, you know, it depends on what setting you work in in physical therapy, but typically patients need movement. They don't need rest most of the time. So um, allowing people to see that you can still move through your pain is, is really empowering as well. So that is the alpha side of the business. Um, the femme side, uh, I have my Born to Heal course. And so it's a 12-week deep dive into really self-compassion and figuring out who you are at your core and at your essence. So I break it down into three modules. Um, so it's name, connect, choose. Um, the first six weeks are all about like naming your relationship to different parts of yourself, your relationship to love, your relationship to um, psychological resistance, fear, all of those different things. So we, we build awareness, um, awareness around your body too. So a lot of that fear that comes up, um, you should be able to feel it in your body. So paying attention to those things. Um, and then we connect to it. And so that's the integration piece of the Born to Heal course is taking a few weeks to really dive into self-compassion, forgiveness, boundaries, grace, a lot of things that people, you know, the personal development space focuses on this awareness piece, right? And, but it focuses on it from a top-down approach. And so I don't know if you guys learned that from the nervous system, but, you know, if you are a very rational-brained person, you always think about what's going on, right? And it's like, well, what's my relationship to this? And it's like, in a hyper-masculine society, we can get very caught in overthinking, right? And get caught in our heads. And so the way that we 
can work on that is go from the bottom up. And so using these things that we learn in PT school about the nervous system, about um, our animal brain, our limbic system, our emotional system, and then relating that to our cognitive system. And so building that bridge from what your body is telling you, because I think that your body is very wise, and then actually deciding where to move. And so that's where the third part of the course comes in is, is the choose modules, where it's like, what's your truth? How are you moving towards your truth? And what are your value systems? How are you going to act in a way that reflects your value systems? So really um, using every part of the nervous system in that Born to Heal course to like take a deep dive into yourself. So that is kind of alpha fem in a nutshell. Um, it's definitely growing and expanding. Um, and I'm kind of just ebb and flowing with it. Uh, but I definitely am, am really interested in somatics and the nervous system and our relationship to emotions just from kind of what I've seen in the clinic thus far and working with patients and then working with clients in alpha fem, um, there's a massive emotional component to their experience. So I think that tying all of that together makes a really good holistic approach to healing. So that's alpha fem, <laughs> but it's taken a bit to kind of get it to that place. It's kind of been like piecing, <laughs> like taking pieces out and like putting pieces in and just really kind of like, I don't know, molding it as I go. I'm so glad that you you added that last little part because that's a perfect segue into into my question. Um, so, you know, obviously, we we know you have a platform. You know that you are in a position to be able to influence many people. Um, and I think what what can kind of happen is a lot of people when they're from the the out and, and and you said this earlier we have to go in and then out but a lot of people they look at things from the outside and so just from an outside perspective it's very easy to look at at your platform and be like wow like she has it all she has everything she looks happy she's fit she's like a total lady boss like she she has it all you know um and i think what kind of happens is people they they gravitate towards that and they kind of sometimes forget at the end of the day you're still human and because you're human you still have your shortcomings you know you still had your battles with trying to build alpha fem and so oh my, gosh, my totally <laughs> so my question for you is as you've been building Alpha Fem, what do you think have been the most difficult components of that from, mm -hmm. from a business standpoint, but also from a standpoint of, I need to check myself? Mm. So I think that, um, yeah, that's a good question. I think from a business standpoint, um, actually having, you know, the humanity or humility to say, uh, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> you know, like, I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a business background. I helped 
build a business during physical therapy school that ended up being pretty dang successful. And I was really proud of that, but I didn't know what I was doing then either. So I'm just really um, placing building blocks on those previous experiences. So business-wise, don't know what I'm doing, but I'm also to the point now where it's like, please stop thinking that you can do it alone and ask for help. So just really being able to like reach out to people and connect with people and learn. And so that's something that I've really had to do over the past year is to just say, I need help, you know, Um, investing in a business mentor, investing in myself personally, like all of these different things, like I need help. So business-wise, I think that's that um, from the Instagram platform, massively blessed that I have grown the platform to what it has been, but also don't know what I'm doing there either. You know, I truly don't know anything about marketing on Instagram. I don't know anything about algorithms. I don't, I don't know. I just... I'm just really trying to let people know what, where I am in my human experience. And so I look back on when I was building um, my last business and there's things that I did in that business that were not me. And I look back at them and I have to like really have grace for myself and say like, you're doing the best that you could. Right. And with the mindset that I had at the time. And I think that that caused a lot of internal resistance as I started to give myself permission to do my thing. And so with that, I had to have multiple ego deaths and say like, this isn't about the likes, you know, as much as I've always been about the people, there's something about running your business online that it's like, well, you kind of have to get your message out there. So it's like, how do you balance the two? And you know, I'm still on that quest. Can heart-centered service exist in this type of society? And it's like, I don't know. I I truly don't know the answer to that, but I'm not going to not be me anymore. And I'm not going to be the influencer that is, is feeding you absolute bullshit. Like that is not a non-negotiable So anybody that comes to my page is getting 100% Danielle, and that is good me, bad me. Um, There's IGTVs of me on there, like talking through like experiences that I've had. Um, There's an IGTV on there about people putting me on this pedestal on Instagram. And I'm like, take me off this perfection pedestal that you've put me on because I'm a human and I'm not perfect. And the things that people do say can be very hurtful. And I don't think that they realize it because it's through a screen. And I think that what I'm trying to do is not use my Instagram platform as a uh, funnel to me. I want to use it as a mirror back to you where it's like, how are you existing in your life? You know, look at what she's doing and, but how am I doing it? And I think that that is really confronting to people, you know, and some people don't like that, but you know, like my business mentor told me, you know, it's like when people are seeing the world through like really tiny human eyes, 
they're not going to see the perspective that you have and you can't expect them to. And that's, you can't expect you out of other people. And so it's like, you have to do you and let the world adjust (laughs) truly. And so I think that that's been really, um, confronting to me just as much as it's been confronting to the people that I serve, but it's also attracted the type of people that I want to work with too is the people that are willing and they're willing to open themselves up to where they can grow and expand. And I don't want to work with a person that's completely resistant to growth. You know, that's not my person. There's tons of humans out there that are, you know, doing that. So go follow them. You know, if you want the free exercises and you want the quick fix, go follow somebody else, but that's not coming from my page. You know, and I think that that was hard because I saw a massive drop in the growth because I was growing so much and it was like, Jesus. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not me, you know? And it's like, no matter what you say, people are going to be, some people are just not going to like it. Right. And so over the past few weeks with, with all of these, uh, just really, oppressive things that have been happening in America. Like, I'm like, man, this is, this is where people need to really dive inwards and and have a mirror presented back to them. Right. And they really need to look at what, how they feel about certain things and how I feel about certain things. I've had like 300 people unfollow me in the last two days. And it's like, yeah, cool. Bye. (laughs) You know? So it's like, I think you have to be okay with not serving every person. And that's kind of the thing I've had with physical therapy too, right? There's tons of people, tons of amazing physical therapists out there that would work perfect in an outpatient setting. Amazing. They work well. It fits well within their value system. It makes them feel good inside. Perfect. Let them do that. But if that doesn't work for you, you have to be okay with other people serving in that role. Like you can't do it all. And so I think that that was something that I had to like kind of let that part of me die is like, there's amazing physical therapists out there, but I'm going to do it different. So yeah. (laughs) Wow. 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 You got me fired up. Like. Oh my goodness. Okay. Focus ball. Um, (laughs) I think, oh my goodness. I think it'd be like irresponsible of me if I didn't just hit that point again in that I think like Carl mentioned, like when we had our uh, personal development coaching call yesterday, um, where I asked a question about conflict, right? And the reason I asked the question about conflict is as I've been trying to grow as a human in my personal relationships, my business relationships and my friendships, um, even with this whole situation, like I've had friends that I've just been like, bro, like delete my number just because I'm like the inability of you to just understand what's happening at a core and then like have those mirrors back to like, just ask yourself, why is it you believe what you believe you think the way you think or you want things to be the way you want them to be. But even on a grander scale to, to just say that, like understanding that you can't be superhuman for everything. 
I think as a business owner, I've, I've learned that lesson at a very expensive um, rate at first. But just, you know, I think even like as business owners, uh, something that probably people probably frown upon, you know, having like virtual assistants, right? In that, you know, people are like, well, no, whatever. But, you know, the VA team that we work with is phenomenal. We have an intern team that does all, all our podcast stuff. And it's crazy just like when we stopped trying to do every single thing and allowed them to, I don't know, confidently say they might be the most like free reign team, intern team on the face of the earth. All right. We let our people, people live, but um, just, just to understand that you just can't control everything and to quit trying to control the outcome of things without even having addressed why it is you believe what you believe at the forefront of it. Right. And so I think as students, I think as professionals, I think as humans, um, shoot, I think even though like for me, like as a black man, I think just at a certain point, right? And for me on a personal level, so let me, let me, let me say this, right? So for me at a personal level with everything that's going on right now, people are gonna like persecute me for saying this. But I've almost gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm kind of tired of getting constant like text messages and Facebook messages, like where people are like, I get what you're going through and I empathize. For me, that's great and all, but I'm also like, I'd rather you use this moment as a time to kind of reflect and ask yourself, because it's always been like this my whole life, right? So ask yourself, like, why is it that now is the time. I'm really glad that you brought that up, honestly, because it's something that I'm a very, uh, like I reflect on my behavior a lot and my thoughts a lot. Like I'm a very, I don't know, deep human, I suppose. Like I don't want to, I don't want surface level bullshit. Right. And so for me, this past few weeks has been very confronting because something that I noticed is interesting. You know, it's like, it comes back to that kind of energy of society where it's like, let's do something, let's do something, let's do something. Right. And so I saw a lot of white people just like posting and reposting and reposting. I'm like, are you taking any of that in? Are you really listening right now? Are you really reflecting on what your experience is right now. And so I think that when we are so caught up in the overdoing and the shoulds because of guilt or shame or different experiences, we don't give ourselves the chance to develop what's ours and what's the collective kind of oppressive narrative. And it's like, I understand that I come from a race that was like extremely oppressive, but now I know I don't have to hold that as guilt or as shame. And I can use my voice to stand and unite people because this is a human thing, you know? And I think that taking the time and space to not fall back into that collective narrative and really discerning what's mine and what's, what's the past because I feel like that shit has been going on for generations and generations and it's, it's in DNA, you know? And it's like, if you don't consciously take the time to discern what's yours and what somebody else's, you'll never know. 
and it's always going to be this surface level whatever and that's not how you transcend oppression hate collective rage you know like that shit comes you have to go deep and so i would encourage anybody out there to it whatever they're doing do it from a place of intention my god please like that jeez it makes me so fired up and it's like no we will never understand but at least we can figure out like i said if you want to change the world work with yourself and work outwards you can't do it by just changing the world it's never going to work because you're still flawed and the system is still going to be flawed so that's kind of my thoughts on that <laughs> no, I, I definitely i definitely agree with that like especially because, you know, that that brings me back to, and I think, you know, this even relates to, like, just how we are as professionals, right? Where I do notice, like, every time I get a message, I'm like, man, this just seems like a reactionary thing. Like, you just feel bad, so you just send me a message. That person can't sit with the discomfort of how they feel, and so they project it onto you. Exactly. And that, you know, brings it back to that conflict conversation where, like, when I asked the conversation about conflict, she did say that. She was like, for some reason, when it comes to conflict, dealing with it, it's, we just, for like, we try to take ownership of an issue that has nothing, like, or we didn't create, but instead of, like, instead of doing something about it or reflecting over it, we, we try to automatically reactively be like, boom, here's this, yeah. right? And, you know, just going back, and Carl, you got to chime in here, bro. Um, but going back to like, just taking the time to, to just understand who you are, your values, you know, throughout this entire episode, one thing that has stood out to me has been just the fact that you are very solid in who you are and because you understand mm -hmm. who you are, you're not willing to cross lines that don't fit in with who you are. Right. I'll give the example of like, Bless my mother. She's in like PT right now. So she she's going to a PT right now. And, you know, I think the first couple of days I was kind of stuck in like, no, you need to listen to your PT just because you're a medical professional, whatever. But, you know, over and over her message has been like, my therapist is not paying attention to me because even though they say I need to do this, this and that, I know the thing that helps my knee is by getting outside and walking because I'm a walker. So the, the number one thing that's been taken away from her is not being able to get outside and, and walk and do her five, seven miles per day. And her PT's like, well, you need to, you know, raise your feet and ice it and do these exercises. She's like, yo, I need to walk. Help me do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, that's the, the, they're the, she's the master of her experience. Exactly. So that's meeting her where she's at. Yeah. That's why I love like what you're doing and just like, even like just, knowing your values because i think once you are able to like not only just say i know but then be able to verbally have them to the point where like somebody's like what is your values and you're like this 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 like this is what i'm about this is what i do this is how i do it and this is the people i do it with yeah i think um, that yeah it's taken me a long time to get there um you know because i i dabbled a bit in the the toxic feminine space where it's like the hyper masculine in the woman, like the, the boss babe, not a good place to be. You know, there's, there's some repercussions of that. And then I've also spent some time in the collapsed female where it's like, 
doormat, people pleasing, shame, guilt, mm. all of those things. And so I think like tr- finding that place of, of equanimity between the two of those um, has helped me stay grounded and know what the embodied feminine is, the divine feminine, right? And, and really just, I don't know, I, I think that like when I act or speak, I just, I try to connect with something higher than myself. And like I said, taking myself out of it and saying like, all right, like if I'm doing a podcast or doing an IGTV, it's like, all right, so intro, five points, outro, let God take the rest. You know, like, it's like really trusting that I don't know what's best and, but I'm held, you know, it'll be good. So because Paul wanted me to speak now, he he has this thing where he'll like go off on his rant and I'm like, letting him do his thing. And he's like, Carl, pitch in here. And I'm like, bro, I'm not going to interrupt you. Like, <laughs> but team player that's all I want. <laughs> you're always a team player my bro you're always a team player um so I think and and me and Paul had this discussion too uh um I can't remember what day it was this week we talk every day but during one of our conversations he brought that to my attention and he you know said that he felt annoyed at the fact that people were all flooding him you know with these comments and stuff like that and and I understood where he was coming from because Mm. for us it's like it's like okay we're getting these messages why now 2020 you're just now understanding that this is a real issue like Mm why did it have to get to this point to where you were finally awakened, you know, or you're, you're finally able to see what's going on. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I had a, I had a Voxer message that I listened to earlier today that was from a couple of days ago. And the person was saying, you know, um, like I'm awake now. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Yada, yada, yada. And for me, the way that I feel about it, I feel the same way Paul feels, but at the same time, I think for me, it's also, I'm grateful that your eyes are at least open. I'm sad that it had to be this late, but I'm at least grateful that you can, you know, at least you see now, because I think, I think the other thing is a lot of people we we come from different backgrounds and when you're when you're in a background when you're in a a a state of mind where everything is just good and everything is like you're just you're sheltered you don't you don't get to see that you don't get to live a life like that where every day is is not something where you have to worry about making it through the day or 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 being criticized or judged or or not giving given the same equality just because of the pigment of your skin i think it's very easy for people to just go on with 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 their lives and i read something um last night that was from a uh uh this defensive lineman from the new orleans saints and he said that he was speaking with um 
with a, a white friend of his. And the white friend was like, yeah, you know, I just, I, I cut on the cartoons, you know, and take CNN off so, so my kids don't have to, you know, hear that. And he was like, that's not a reality that I have to live because my kids have to know, like, when you go out into this world, this is what you have to deal with. Um, and so it, for, for me, I 100% agree with Paul that it shouldn't, you should be focusing your energy on actually being out there and trying to make change and trying to open other people's eyes. But yeah. at the same time, I'm grateful that you at least are willing to say I was wrong I was blind, but now I see, and now I'm willing to to be to be with you. Not that I wasn't with you before, but I just didn't know. You know, totally. I think and, that 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 really brings up like the both ands, right? It's where you can be pissed and hopeful for more, right? It's like you can hold a big range of emotions it's like we don't have to attach ourselves to just the anger because the anger is there for sure right but it's like if we just just I don't know cannonball into the anger and live there I don't think that hate transcends hate I think that love transcends hate and and being able to hold both of those and navigate both of those with grace And so something that I kind of put out on my Instagram, which I think was triggering for some people, um, was that I didn't realize what a privilege I had to actually create that safety within myself. Not a lot of people have that, right? And so when shit gets hard for me, deep down though in my cells, I know that I'm safe and not a lot of people do. And so how dare I take that privilege and keep it to myself? You know, like I, my job is to teach other people how to navigate their emotional state so that they're not projecting hate, you know? And so they're not living in this fear and this pain and this anger. And it's like, that's what I feel like God, spirit, whatever has told me to do right now. You know, and it's like, if I just listen to the one side of it where it's like guilt and sadness, that doesn't move anything, you know, but it's like, if I can hold all of these different things and still be in love, that's not bypassing the hate that exists. You know, that love and light bullshit that exists, that that's not real. That's not reality. And whoever says that is sadly mistaken. And so if we can actually acknowledge the evil within all of us, we can look at different parts of emotions and and understand and come from a place of humility. And we can use our anger in a very productive way and not a toxic way, but also not judge other people for the way that they're behaving because they're doing the best that they can. Holy shit. So that's what I think about it. I'm just like taking a moment to just reflect. So, and this is just me wrapping my side of the questions up because we've been going for a while. But, you know, if, if you were to, if you were to go back to the start of PT school, so was that like four years ago, three years ago, right? And you had to tell yourself something, right? You got to give yourself some sort of pep talk to 
end up where you are today? Because I think now, all right, let me say it like this, right? So with all, of, all the people that have been reaching out to me, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all, because I know like 99% of you guys do listen to this podcast. I appreciate it. But I think the more important part becomes the fact that you ain't got to tell me you stand with me. You need to tell your friends and, and, and your people and your community, you know? Because the truth of the matter is like, for, and I'm sure I'm not speaking for all people of color and oppressed, but like there comes a day where you like realize that a lot of people cannot struggle with you. They can only struggle for you. And because of that reality that we live in, right? I think like one of the hardest conversations, and I don't know why it's in my head. My best friend, um, he's about to have a son and his wife is white and he looks like me. And, you know, she posted something the other day that like, kind of broke my heart where she's going to almost have even more privilege than her own child, where she's going to get the benefit of the doubt in scenarios where her own kid won't receive those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't even imagine like as a mom, what that even has to remotely feel like, but kind of looking back, you know, to begin a PT school for yourself. Right. And just, with no idea that all of this is about to happen, but continually going about the path that you've been going on, what would you say to you? And then what would you say to the future Alpha Fiend? I don't know if you have like a tribe name, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have a good hashtag, dang it. <laughs> right? Gotta get one for you. But, um, you know, lo looking just to like the people that you serve in your community, right? Because you said like, you know, I saw when you put up that video. And, and we watched it and I was like, okay, I get it. You know, I understand what, what she's saying. And I read some of the comments and some people were just like, not receiving the message <laughs> and completely missing the point. But understanding that your mission is to serve and to heal and knowing that you have a group of people that do look to you, that have made the choice to continually follow what you say and knowing the position that you are in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, I mean, I ain't got as many followers as you do. I think like 700 people made the decision to listen to my words. So just understanding like just the ability and the reach you have where whatever you put out, there are going to be thousands of people who do tune in, listen, you know, whether or not some are haters, whether or not some just love you and some are undecided. What, what would you say to yourself back? Like, as you're kind of going through PT school to see, not even how you can make the world a better place, but how you can improve yourself. Because I think somebody that's listening to this, mm -hmm. especially in the medical profession, in the medical profession, we do not have the ability to just want to go and pick and choose. Because you're going to run into people, you're going to serve people, you're going to have patients that they're there with one thing and one thing only. They want to get better. And if you're not at a place where you can serve them to achieve that goal that they have, because of preconceived notions, unawareness, inability to self-assess, whatever it may be, what would you tell yourself and so for the people that are listening that are in the same shoes so you can be like, okay, you know, no matter what, I have the values, I, I have the things that I'm going to stick to, but this is what I'm going to do to ensure that my message, my walk, my very existence is a reflection of the world that I want to build that's inclusive of everybody, but also on top of that, it reflects like that openness that you know what, like, this is who I am and deal with yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, 
I think that like two or three things come to mind. I would say the first thing is if I was 2016 Danielle, I would say keep your eyes open. Do not shut your eyes to the pain, the darkness, the fear, the shit that comes up because the moment you close your eyes, you're not living in reality, you know? So keep your eyes open. That's, that's one thing I would advise anybody going on a journey towards, you know, service to do is keep your eyes open to every part of it, not just the good parts. Um, the second thing I would say is, um, honor the responsibility that you've been given, you know, like you have been given this platform. And so I take that as a very, I take it as a blessing truly. And I, I think hard about the words that I'm saying to people. I I don't just spurt what comes to me. Like I I think about it and I, I think that's my responsibility as a, as a leader. And so, um, just stay responsible. I would say another thing that comes to mind is if I could, you know, sit down with me back in, you know, 2016, I would just remind myself that I've always had my back. You know, I've always had my back. I've never let myself go. You know, it's like we might have strayed off the path. We might have hit some rock bottoms, but you've always stood back up. And so you've always had your back. And so just reminding yourself that stay graceful, you know, that's what it's about. And um, I think those are the, the three things that really, for me personally, have um, helped me. And I think that, I guess one last thing that I would tell other people is, you know, they, they know best. You know, I, I don't know best. I don't have the answers. Um, not perfect. Nobody is. So, um, stop idolizing people and looking at them like they're God and stop idolizing yourself and looking like you're like looking at yourself, like you're God, like no one's perfect and, and let, letting everybody just figure it out, you know? So that would be my, (laughs) my answer to that. I think, First off, okay, Paul, you were right. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, will be hitting, I will be hitting that follow button as soon as we're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but but I, I think for one of the most fulfilling things, I think for, for me and Paul, at least I can say from my standpoint, because I don't like to always speak for you, partner, Um for us being able to build this podcast, being able to create this, it's something that has allowed us to be in the realm with people that bring value, people that bring value, not only to us, but bring value to other people. It's always incredible to me when I'm just studying or working on something and I check my phone and I have a text about someone saying how amazing a guest was from an episode that was recorded like two, three months ago, you know? And I think that it's just allowed us just, uh, when we first decided that we were going to do a podcast, me and Paul met two years ago at, at a conference. And shortly after that is when we decided to 
just start a podcast. The first one, and I don't know if we've ever really like gone into this on air, Paul, but the first one was, it was called Road to Redemption. Um, I have a, a friend of mine who is an up and coming artist out in, in Dallas, Texas. And we brought him on the first episode and we were like, yo, this is it. And then we went into the Apple podcast and realized there were a bunch of different roads to redemption podcast. And we didn't feel like we would really stand out. And even when we put the episode out, it, it didn't get cleared with Apple. So it just, it, it, it was an L we had to take. Um, when we decided to start our second podcast, which ran from January of last year until December of last year, it was called Rooted Deep. And our, our goal was to be able to have a podcast that would force us to grow because we knew the only way that we were going to be able to add value to people on a weekly basis would be if we were growing ourselves. And so we said, you know what, we're going to make it, we're going to make it like a, a book club personal development podcast. And we read Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And then we, we, we read uh, the, the Wealthy Gardener by John Seforic. And what happened is that that podcast, it was a good podcast. A lot of people liked that podcast. But I think the issue was that me and Paul weren't the people that we needed to be in order to, in order to let the podcast touch people the way we needed it to touch people. Because we weren't, we weren't consistent, you know, we, we had a lot of things that we had to kind of iron out. And I think that's a testament to what he said earlier about us having a team now and mm -hmm. it, it's made our life easier. Um, and this podcast has been the most successful by far. This is our, this is our third one. And I say all that, I guess, to say to, to the listeners and even tie it into just everything you said and, you know, just what I've received from you just from this episode is that you have to fail forward. Um, mm. I think the last, one of the last points that you said about keep your eyes open, I think it's so multifaceted because it's not just keep your eyes open about what's right and what's wrong, you know, it's not just about keep your eyes open to the problems that we're having in our society, but it's like, keep your eyes open to the things that you're allowing to hinder you from reaching the level of success you need to reach. And really? I think that that's why, you know, you've been able to, to build the platform that you've been able to build. That's why you've been able to reach the success that you've reached because your eyes are open and yeah. it, it it really just all together this was amazing i know we told you we were gonna run for a certain time and <laughs> but but you know what danielle if i could be honest with you these episodes right here are longest episodes in my opinion and no not just in my opinion <laughs> according to the stats even are our best episodes and I think that's because those are the episodes where we really allow ourselves to get lost in the conversation mm. 
and we're not so focused on the time aspect of it as much as we're focused on making sure that we're providing value for everyone. Yeah. So I have to say, I don't have any questions because the way that you answered that last one was graceful and (laughs) just all around perfect way to end the episode. Um, So what I will say is from both me and Paul, thank you. You know, thank you for making time to come on the podcast. Thank you for being real and, you know, being the genuine person that you are. Um, I think that that will not only show me, but show our listeners that are in the PT space, you know, that we do have clinicians that have their heads on right, you know, and, and there is a way to do the whole PT thing in a non-traditional sense. Um, so again, just thank you so much for coming on. And then before we let you go, uh, for anyone you know who's listening to this and this is their first time being exposed to you, um, what what uh, social media handles, what contact information do you want to leave with them? Go for it. So uh, my Instagram is at dbird20, D-E-E, bird20. Um, trust me, didn't make that name before my Instagram got big. Would have never named it that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then my website is www.iamalphafem.com. And all of my stuff is on there. Um, and I just want to say thank you guys for um, allowing me to speak on your platform. It's been literally my pleasure. Uh, the conversation was amazing. Um, and thank you guys for keeping it real too. I think that, uh, you know, the hard conversations, they exist whether we have them or not. And so it's our choice to have them. And I think that, you know, the hard conversations in the PG space, the hard conversations around race, like they exist anyway, but it's our choice to have them. And so I just want to thank you guys for keeping it real in all aspects. And um, man, really appreciate it. Of course. So guys, we know this episode was lengthy, but I know that this was full of value. So as always, like we always ask you guys, you know, if you got some value from it, subscribe share leave a review i don't know why you guys don't like leaving reviews i'm about to go on a rant real quick everybody we have all these listeners but nobody can leave a review guys it takes two minutes not even that 30 seconds (laughs) no but seriously me and paul love you guys thank you so much to everyone who's been riding with us from from rooted deep um thank you to everyone who's been riding with us since the beginning of this podcast and i mean thank you for anyone who is just now hopping on you know where you're hearing this in the future we appreciate y'all we love y'all and until next time peace and many blessings thank you for listening to another episode of off the clock this episode was brought to you by the accepted system the accepted system is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money this episode was also brought to you by physio memes Physio Memes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. Physio Memes. 
This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator Series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator Series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com. When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.